Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, everybody, let's get this show started. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on this Wednesday, and we've got a great show. I'm going to have Brad Page on the show, my Wednesday guest. So much to talk about in the world of sports, including the USFL draft, college basketball last night. We also had high school basketball. And with the 42nd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, What was the greatest upset in sports history? So before I get this show started, just a reminder that this is being broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And there will be a portion of the interview with Brad Page that will air today. And then the second half of that interview will air tomorrow. Just as the interview with Rob Frazier aired on yesterday's show on the radio station, but the podcast You can listen to it in its entirety on Monday's show. In fact, we actually went an hour long. But let's get right into the sports. The first ever USFL draft, Michigan take former Michigan Wolverines quarterback Shea Patterson with the first overall pick. The USFL will play in April. I'm really looking forward to seeing all these teams. The Birmingham Stallions are really the the team I'd be rooting for because they're the team that is closest to us. College basketball last night, Tennessee beats Missouri 80-61. to You had Arkansas beating Florida 82-74. to And Florida is a bubble team. Arkansas was able to get the job done in Gainesville. Iowa beats Michigan State. And I like to see if Michigan State starts becoming a bubble team. UConn beats number 8 Villanova 71-69 to at home. You had Texas Tech beating Oklahoma. Texas Tech is a very strong number 2 seed. Kansas is proving that they are deserving of a number one seed after throttling Kansas State. Alabama barely gets by Vanderbilt, but it was a road game. Alabama is a solid team to make the tournament. And Boise State, considered a bubble team, along with San Diego State, they win 58-57. to Looking at some of your SEC scores, Texas A&M beats Georgia 91-77. to Georgia 6-22. This has got to be their worst season that I could remember. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say about Georgia. Quentin Jackson had a career-high 31 points. And uh, Texas A&M is not really considered a bubble team, but they were able to get the job done. They're probably headed to the NIT. A 17-11 record is feasible enough to make it to the NIT. In the ACC last night, Miami beats Pittsburgh 85-64. to Miami is considered a tournament team now. High school basketball playoffs for the AHSAA. Congratulations to the Auburn girls for reaching the final four. You had Smith Station season for the boys basketball coming to an end after losing to Enterprise in the semifinals. 
and Enterprise punches their ticket to the Final Four. Congratulations to the Brookstone girls for defeating Green Forest in the first round of the state playoffs. The Northside boys basketball fell short to Dutchdown in the opening round of the GHSAA playoffs. Just a reminder that the Final Four will take place in Birmingham for the AHSAA state playoffs, and the Final Four for Georgia will take place in Fort Valley. Just a reminder tonight that the Spencer Green Wave boys basketball team will take on Spalding in the opening round of the playoffs. This is a home game for Spencer. So the opening round of the GHSAA Georgia basketball state playoffs kicked off last night and Shaw fell to the defending champs 69-54 to as Shaw was defeated by Baldwin. And so Baldwin will take on Marist after Marist defeated Cedar Shoals. In the same bracket, you have Central beating Hampton, and they will take on the winner of Jenkins and Monroe. Of course, Spalding plays Spencer tonight. The winner of that game will take on North Oconee after they defeated Mays 49-44. to You had Fayette County advancing. They'll take on the winner of Doherty and New Hampstead. Over into the other side of the bracket, Hardaway is taking on Perry tonight. You had McDonough. That defeated Pickens, and they'll take on the winner of Cairo and Benedictine. Tonight, you got Westside taking on LaGrange and Hapefield Charter taking on Jefferson. And then you have Luela taking on Northwest Whitfield, and then Islands taking on Westover. So if you look at the second round, will take place on February 25th and 26th. And then you got the quarterfinals on March the 1st and 2nd. And the final four will take place March 4th and 5th. In Fort Valley, the championship game will be in Macon, Georgia from March the 9th through the 12th. So congratulations to all the teams. I am so excited about high school basketball. And congratulations to the Northside Patriots for a very successful team. Just a heartbreaking loss to Dutchtown. Let's look at the bracket because Dutchtown will advance and they will take on the winner of Jackson and Loganville. You had Jonesboro beating Wayne County. They move on. You have Warner Robins defeating Woodward Academy, and they will take on the winner of Southwest DeKalb and Hiram. Eagles Landing was able to beat McIntosh out of Peachtree City, and they will take on the winner of Walnut Grove and Midtown. Over into the other bracket, Harris County will take on Woodland tonight, and the winner of that game will take on the winner of New Manchester and Clark Central, and Griffin taking on Union Grove. Tonight, East Coweta will take on South Gwinnett. This is for the 7A state playoffs, as Burkmar was able to beat Etowah to advance. Grayson was able to beat Campbell to advance. North Gwinnett was able to beat South Forsyth to advance. And they will take on the winner of South Gwinnett and East Coweta. Other teams in the bracket, Cherokee taking on Norcross. And you got North Paulding taking on Lowndes. Don't forget that Callaway is taking on Coosa tonight in 2A for the GHSAA state playoffs. Congratulations to the Harris County Lady Tigers as they took down Eagles Landing 54-38 to as they move on to the second round of the playoffs. Congratulations to the LaGrange Panthers men's basketball team for beating Maryville on the road in Maryville, Tennessee, 65-62 to to advance to the second round of the USA South Conference Tournament. Rashard Edwards led all scores with 20 points. The back-to-back conference player of the week, Zach Brown, chipped in with 19 points. And they will take on Averett this Friday night 
The LaGrange Lady Panthers season came to an end abruptly last night after losing to Piedmont 79-57, and they finished their season 15-10. Piedmont goes to 21-5. Brianna Glover and Jada Brown led the scoring, both with 11 points. All right, so today is the 42nd anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. And it got me thinking, after all these years, after 42 years, that is still the greatest upset in sports history. And I know that the debate will continue to go on. I'll debate with my friends, what is the greatest upset in sports history? And by far, that is number one. You take a bunch of college kids that took on a super team. This was a team, the Soviets in 1980 defeated the NHL All-Stars. And they blew them out. They played the United States earlier and blew them out. And so this game clearly was the greatest upset of all time. Remember, this was not the gold medal game. The United States had to beat Finland to win the gold medal. I don't think this would even matter if the United States did not win the gold medal. I still think number two is Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. But you got to remember what type of boxer Mike Tyson was in the 1980s. He was unstoppable. He was beating his opponent within 30 seconds. And Buster Douglas was an unknown going into this fight. Number three, it was very iconic. The New York Jets beating the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three. I mean, nobody gave the AFL a shot. Joe Namath calling his shot. That has to be the third most upset. And then the debate starts talking. What about Villanova over Georgetown? NC State over Houston? Duke over UNLV in 1991? You know, college basketball, Shamanon over Virginia. Shamanon was an NAIA school. So college basketball is going to have a lot of possible upsets to talk about. When you talk about baseball series with a best of seven series or basketball with a best of seven series, hockey with a best of seven series, I think of the 1993 San Jose Sharks upsetting the Detroit Red Wings in the playoffs. I think of the 1994 Denver Nuggets upsetting the Seattle Supersonics in the playoffs, or the We Believe Golden State Warriors, who were an eighth seed in 2007, upsetting the Dallas Mavericks in the playoffs. Those would be considered upsets. What about recent Super Bowls? The Giants beating the New England Patriots in 2007 to deny them their undefeated season. College football, Appalachian State beating Michigan in 2007. That same year, Stanford, who was a 40-point underdog, beating USC. And the list goes on and on. You can have many debates. Uh, Rulon Gardner winning gold for wrestling in the 2000 Olympics. So many debates, but there is clearly no debate that Miracle on Ice is still the greatest upset of all time. All right, I think it's time to bring Brad Page on the show. So we'll be right back. Yeah. Stick around. And welcome back to the show. As always, my Wednesday guest, Brad Day, joining the show. Just a reminder that you are listening to this podcast on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key broadcasted out of Noonan, Georgia. Brad, we're going to talk a little bit of bracketology and going to break down some other things like NFL free agency. And so what's going on with you? Man, not much, not much. Uh, you know, it's 
It's a, a good day so far. A lot of rain going on here. Hopefully it won't flood too bad. Everything's going good so far, man. Well, I tell you. Brad, how about that big <laughs> win um, by Tennessee over Missouri? On the road, they're now 20-7 and seven overall. We're going to start the show talking about bracketology as uh, we do have a changing of the guard with Auburn losing to Florida over the weekend. Well, not that much of a change of a guard. According to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, they're still considered a number one seed. But now Gonzaga is the overall number one seed. Auburn jumps down to three in the rankings. So, Brad, who do you have as your number one seeds? I would say definitely uh, Auburn for sure. I had to go with Arizona. I like Gonzaga. And I think Purdue. Purdue might make a a strong standing uh, as well. Purdue is a nice pick. According to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, Purdue is a number two seed. Kansas is a number one seed. I think Purdue has a shot. They have a clear path. If they win the Big Ten, which is going to be easy because there's not a whole lot of teams that can challenge the Boilermakers. They do have a lot of talented teams to include Ohio State and Illinois, but Kansas has the tougher path because you got Texas Tech and you got Baylor and you've got Texas I think if Kansas just flat out wins the Big 12, they're going to be a number one seed. But they could stumble along the way because of the strength of Texas Tech and Baylor, who are also considered number two seeds as well. Kansas has a much tougher path to get a number one seed. They believe that they're only going to get that number one seed if they win the Big 12. So, Brad, it's going to come down to the winner of the Big 10 or the winner of the Big 12. And Purdue looks like they have an easier path to win the Big Ten. It might come down to Kansas's RPI compared to Purdue's RPI. Purdue is ranked third right now. I heard what you were saying about Kansas. They got a much tougher road than uh, Purdue because Purdue's got an easier schedule. Like, yeah, uh, if Kansas does come out of the Big 12, uh, I don't see why they can't be a uh, number one seed. All right, so let's talk about Tennessee. They've been projected to be a number five seed, a number six seed. They had a big win over Kentucky. However, they lost to Arkansas. We talked about that game last week. We knew that was going to be a tough matchup for the Tennessee Volunteers. But try to guess where Joe Lenardi has Tennessee as far as seeding goes. I would say probably a six now. Ooh, very interesting. You think they're a six seed? I do. How about a little higher there? (laughs) I would love them to be higher. Um, yeah, probably a four. Um, you are right. Okay, They four. are projected <laughs> to be a fourth seed. And I know this is probably not going to happen. But, yeah. you know, the tournament committee likes matching up regional games. You remember last year when Abilene Christian played Texas? And a couple yeah. of years ago, Wichita State played Kansas. Well, they got Tennessee playing Chattanooga. The committee is going to set a regional matchup because – It's just one of those things. I mean, you have a lot of uh, regional teams that are refusing to schedule each other in the regular season. That would be a nice matchup to see Tennessee take on Chattanooga. I mean, we've had regional matchups before in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm just excited about March Madness, just this NCAA tournament. And when the brackets come out, I mean, we'll have our brackets and we'll definitely have our picks. You know, I take like dark horses all the time. But are you a... Are you a one bracket guy or do you 
like to have multiple brackets and like take one bracket and go chalk. You don't feel so bad if your bracket gets busted. I would do the backup brackets, but it's just hard to keep up with, I guess you can say, you know. Usually I'm a one bracket guy. It'd probably be a good idea to add some more brackets just to have a backup plan just in case because, you know, usually everybody's bracket gets busted by the first week, if not by the second week, you know, of the tournament. Usually it's one bracket. What about you, man? I always try to have one bracket, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll do an online bracket, like on ESPN, and then I'll yeah. do one for Yahoo. Yeah. And it'll probably be just as similar, but there might be a slight tweak. Like, I always take a 13 seed and I have them go into the Sweet 16. There's yeah. always that 13 <laughs> seed that I'm thinking that they have a shot. But last <laughs> year, we had a 12 seed, Oregon State, go all the way to the Elite Eight. That's and we right. had Oral Roberts, who was a 15 seed, go all the way to the Sweet 16. Yeah, these lower seeds, I mean, they are the scary ones. I mean, there's it's always a scary matchup. Uh, suppose 10 seeds to 5, you know, seed, and they match up with a 13. Well, I mean, that's always a, a scary matchup because 13s uh, ha- have won a lot of times over a 5. So, yeah, like you said, uh, 13 and 15 – can really be uh, scary. Now, not a lot of times do we find a 16 seed be the number one. I It has happened once. Yes, uh, happened. Maryland and Baltimore County beat the number yes. one first seed, Virginia. Yes. This was, this was right. actually in 2018, right before right. Virginia won their title in 19. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I do remember uh, that Maryland team. They did come out of nowhere, shocking everybody, beating the number one seed, you know, in, in Virginia. So, yeah, that, that does sound about right there. According to Joe Lenardi, ESPN.com, he's my big bracketology guy. The number one seeds they have are Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, and Kansas. Yeah. The number two seeds are Texas Tech, Baylor, Purdue, and Kentucky. The number three seeds. We're going to add the number three seeds. So every week we're going to add a new seed. Okay, I like it. I like it. So the number three seeds are projected Wisconsin, Illinois, (laughs) Duke, and Villanova. Okay. We already know that Tennessee is a number four seed. Right. All right, I'll throw in the number four seeds. So we already talked about Tennessee being the number four seed. You already got one up there. You better better Might as well. UCLA. Providence. Okay. All right. So usually up to this point, if you look at the top 25 rankings, if you're ranked, you get into this tournament as an automatic qualifier. Absolutely. Now, there, there has been yeah. times in the past where there were ranked teams that did not make the tournament because their RPI was not high enough. Right. So you got to look at the whole balance of work, the, the tournament resume, your RPI, your record against all the teams that have an RPI of 50 or less. You look at a Florida Gators team. They yeah. just defeated Auburn. Joe Lunardi has got them the next four out. They're not even the first four out. It's because their RPI is not strong enough. Unreal. But yeah. you, have a, you have a team like North Carolina who finally is safe because they reached their 20th win. At the time, North Carolina's resume was not impressive. Being a Tennessee fan, I know you want to see Tennessee win an NCAA championship. I'd like to see it. It'd, it'd be nice to see. Absolutely. But yeah. who's who's going to win the NCAA championship? Who do you got? Right now, the team that I think is probably 
well-built, unstoppable. It's got to be Auburn. I say Auburn. I was watching them play the um, the Vanderbilt game last Wednesday. It was Vanderbilt kind of kept it close, so surprisingly. But you know they got Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah, Vanderbilt uh, beat Texas A&M seventy-two to sixty-seven. Oh, you talk about when Auburn beat Vanderbilt. With Auburn, yeah, 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 yeah. With Auburn, they were keeping it close uh, for, yeah. for a little bit, but then you know Auburn pulled out but, ninety-four to eighty. Right, right. I mean, you know, I mean, the start of the second half, you know, I think they were like maybe Vanderbilt was probably only down by six or so. I'm glad you picked Auburn. I'm going to go against the grain. Yeah. And I'm going to say that Gonzaga finally gets it done. They have Chet Holmgren. Whether you like it or not, Gonzaga is a blue blood. Look at what they've done in the last 20 years since Mark Few took over as the coach. Right. They're blue blood. Yeah, they are. I would not disagree there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, you know, if Gonzaga finally does get it done. I thought they were going to get it done last year, to tell you the truth, because I was thinking, you know, they, they were going to go all the way. Gonzaga and Auburn would be a great matchup, great matchup, I think. Because you would have a, the matchup yeah. of the number one and the number two projected picks in the 2022 right. NBA draft. Right. Jamari Smith Jr. going up against Chet Holmgren. Right. Yeah, I tell you, you know what I like to do, Brad? What's I up? like to look at the mock draft for the NBA. Okay. For the 2022 mock NBA draft. And I just, I'm going to watch this tournament just to see Jaden Ivey play, the talented shooting guard from Purdue. I want to see him play and see if he's got the NBA skills. He's got right. an NBA body. He's an elite athlete that plays both ends of the floor. That's the type of player you want in this NBA. It's a guard league now. You have players like Kawhi and Jimmy Butler, players that are taking over the league. You know, I'm just looking at some of the top players that they are projected to go to the NBA. Yeah. You have the power forward from Duke, Paolo Banchero. The shooting guard from Wisconsin, Johnny Davis. The best point guard in this draft is Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky. I mean, that according to this mock NBA draft that I have, I love seeing the play of point guards in the tournament. You remember a couple of years ago when Kimba Walker just took over the tournament? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the guy from Oral Roberts last year, I forgot his last name. You know, he had a huge showing as well, but Guards tend to take over in the tournament while that Steph Curry did with Davidson for sure. I'm so ready for March Madness, man. I just can't wait to see, you know, who who comes out of nowhere just surprising everybody. You know, what team that we never really heard of. So let's switch gears. Let's move on to the NFL Combine. I actually, I don't know about you, Brad. I enjoy watching the NFL Combine. The skill players run their 40 time. I love it when Rich Eisen does it in his suit. That's always fun. And they always have that graphic where when Rich Eisen does his 40 time, they always show the other NFL players side by side with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always loved the combine, too. I really have because after the Super Bowl, you're waiting for some kind of football because, you know, football doesn't start up for fall pretty much. We're always looking forward toward the NFL draft and whatever's leading up to it. And like you said, the uh, 40 times are always exciting to watch how, Rich Eisen, you know, does run his suit for charity and everything. And um, I remember years back when Chris Johnson was in the NFL Combine, and he was uh, reportedly the fastest guy, you know. Titans running back. Yeah, and and, and that's why the Titans chose him, I believe, in like 2008 or so, you know. And uh, it's always great to see because that's their shot. That's what the players have been working up to, the training and everything. They have to show – 
of the scout that they are worthy of being on the NFL team. I have an invested interest in the NFL Combine. Of course, this projected NFL mock draft that I have in front of me, you got first five picks are interior linemen, either edge rushers or offensive line. The first guy that I'm interested in seeing what his 40 time is Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. He's projected to go six to the Carolina Panthers. You got Ahmad Garner from the Cincinnati Bearcats. He was in the bright spotlight in the college football playoff. You know, I'd like to see what his 40 time is. So the first skilled player is Drake London. I'm wondering if he's going to be a possession receiver or is he going to be a speedster like a Tyreek Hill? If you look at his scouting report, he wins off the line of scrimmage and he is a possession wide receiver. Still interested to see what his 40 time is. Do you want to guess who the first quarterback is going to be projected to come off the board? I'm saying uh, probably Pickett. I'm just taking a stab there, but... You're close. Oh, okay, okay. There's three quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first round. You got one of them so far. Matt Corral, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Matt Corral or or Pickett. Uh, Pickett is more of your pocket top passer, I would say. Corral... He's more athletic, but he, he still has a strong arm. You know, they they both have strong arms. I think the more pocket-type passer would be more, you know, would be Pickett, Corral, more athletic. No running backs projected to go into the first round, but the first running back that's considered the top running back according to, I'm not going to say Mel Kuyper Jr. because he has, he has not released out his mock draft. In my opinion, the top running back in this draft is going to be Isaiah Spiller, the mm-hmm. running back from Texas A&M. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But don't sleep on James Cook from the University of Georgia. He's not even considered one of the top five running backs. But if he makes an NFL roster, he could surprise some people. He can catch it in the backfield. It just depends on what system he goes to. I think that James Cook is a dark horse to actually have a decent NFL career. I would totally agree. Running back Brian Robinson. Like, let's say you're a GM in the National Football League. I mean, you pretty much can pick players from the SEC and be just okay, especially from Alabama and Georgia. Right. Well, going for quarterbacks, do you think teams are more now just looking for the more athletic kind of Mahomes player? I mean, instead of the the old-style pocket passers, you know, that we've seen in the past, like Manning and Brady, it seems like – quarterbacks now are more what can you do athletically you know what can you do how can you make plays on your own I guess you could say you know I think more teams are are looking for that kind of quarterback now they are they are looking for the quarterback who is physically gifted beyond all reasonable doubt that right. has the quarterback awareness I mean you're, you're asking for the perfect quarterback somebody that can throw accuracy can right. move out of the pocket and they could stay healthy. So they have to be big exactly. and strong like a Josh Allen or a Justin Herbert. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm starting to get nervous because as a 49ers fan, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Trey Lance mm-hmm. turns out to be everything that I expected him to be. But he might just be another Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson, a little too small for the position. Right. But hopefully he has the self-awareness and he can have a – long 12-year NFL career and be a decent quarterback. I don't expect him to make it to the Pro Bowl because, remember, only three players make it to the Pro Bowl. And you're trying right. if you're trying to be a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFC, well, Tom Brady was, was on the Bucks. You had Aaron yep. Rodgers. 
Dak Prescott. I mean, you have a lot of good quarterbacks. So the AFC as well. You have Patrick Holmes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. Those are your three Pro Bowl quarterbacks just about every year. And of course, they always sit out. Like if they go to the Super Bowl, they sit out the Pro Bowl. And there's always Pro Bowl reserves. All right. So I'm going to ask you. So what quarterback, there's going to be, I'm going to give you three quarterbacks. All which, right. Which quarterback is most likely to sign with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, or Jameis Winston? I'm going to go Winston. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's actually talks, and, and Jameis Winston is a free agent. Yes, he could sign back with New Orleans, but New Orleans mm-hmm. gave all that money to Taysom Hill. Yeah. He, he yeah. could go back to Tampa. You imagine Jameis Winston being back in Tampa? It's a redo, you know, you know, because in Tampa, you know, he did struggle. Um, and, you know, he's got to prove himself how he can be better. Steelers might take a chance on him, I think. We're going to switch gears. And uh, you're a baseball fan, right? Yes. You like the Cardinals? I do. I pull for the Cardinals pretty much all my life. Yep. <laughs> I hope they get a deal done so we could talk mm-hmm. baseball. I feel an emptiness because this is when we're supposed to start spring training. Right. And here in Georgia, as the Atlanta Braves just got off their World Series win, the big question is, will the Braves re-sign Freddie Freeman? And I know that they can't talk about anything right now. I was talking to a Braves fan over the weekend, and we talked about how stacked that outfield is right now all those outfielders jock peterson adam duvall eddie rosario jorge soler which by the way uh breaking news uh jorge soler's home run just landed Um, (laughs) that's right yeah yeah but you also have ronald acuna jr who's going to come back from that injury you're also going to have marcelo zuna Mm -hmm. so the big question is and i know you're not a braves fan but you're close to braves country you're in tennessee yeah i consider tennessee braves country I was pulling for the Braves, you know, while they were were in the World Series, you know. know, I was pulling for them, for sure. You're in an area in the country where you're either Braves fans or Cardinals fans. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's how it is here. It's here Braves or Cardinals. But will the Atlanta Braves re-sign Freddie Freeman? I think they have to. I keep saying that, too, but there's talks that freaking Braves fans out talking about that the Yankees are going to probably offer him probably the biggest contract in baseball history. No, no, please do not go to the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like how Pujols, you know, got swept up by the Angels. You know, they offered him that huge, big deal, you know, and, and the Cardinals couldn't really match it, you know. I mean, you know, they pretty much bought him, and, uh, and then he went to the Dodgers, you know. Now, Pujols uh, hasn't officially retired, right? He has or not? No, he hasn't. He hasn't retired. No, he hasn't. He has not retired yet. Yeah, no. He's, he's like no. 41 years old. He That's was a right. designated hitter for the Dodgers, a pinch hitter. Right. right. Right now, he is the active home run leader. I just yeah. want to see him continue to play to see if he can uh, break 700 home runs. Oh, absolutely. And he, you know, he definitely could do it. Um, he has got 679 yeah. home runs right now. Yeah. Oh, and I take that back. He is forty-two. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome for him. To, you know, you know, for him to do it. You know, because yeah, you know, I used to always pull for him while he's with Cardinals, but uh, I think he's still got some left in the tank for sure. I don't know if that's part of the collective bargaining agreement that they're going mm-hmm. to include the designated hitter. There's a lot of baseball players that they can continue to play well past their prime if they don't play in the field, and Albert Pujols is one of those players. That can be a designated hitter. You're right. But man, Brad, I mean, Yadier Molina is still playing. Uh, he didn't he didn't retire. He's 38. 
Yeah, he's still, yeah, yeah, he's still, still playing. You still got Matt Carpenter, right. of, course, of course, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan yeah. Arenado were just two big time free agents that the Cardinals were able to get. Um, yeah, Adam Wainwright is 39 years old, still pitching at a high level. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's amazing, you know. I thought he might go somewhere, but uh, I mean, hopefully, the you know, the Cardinals can still keep him and everything. I mean, it's it's amazing how everybody, they, you know, all, all the star players, despite their age, you know, they're, they're still producing really well. Brad, I'll be honest with you. As a San Francisco Giants fan, yeah. I would rather have consistency where they make the playoffs every year like the Cardinals did for a decade <laughs> yeah. than to have three World Series titles. Am I crazy for saying that? I know the Giants had three World Series titles, but they missed the playoffs in all those years they didn't win the World Series. No, you're not crazy for saying that. No. That, that is frustrating as a fan. Okay, they won a World Series in 2010, missed the right. playoffs in 2011. Right, right. They won it in 12, but they missed the playoffs in 13. They won it in 14, but they missed the playoffs in 15. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they made it to the playoffs. So every even year the Giants were in the playoffs, they had a great series against the Cubs in 2016 when the Cubs finally broke through and won the World Series. Right, but the Giants didn't make it back to the post, and it was a very special year because they took the Dodgers all the way to five games, and probably one of the most epic NLDSs I ever saw. That was truly a pennant race. The Giants actually winning 107 games, and the Dodgers winning 106. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It came down to the final, you know, you know, the final game and everything there, and the, you know, they always kept it tight. And- it was tough for the Cardinals to end their season last year as the yeah. Dodgers beat them in a one-game playoff. I really was rooting for the Cardinals to win that one-game <laughs> playoff, especially Adam really? Wainwright going up against Max Scherzer. Yeah. And Will Smith. Will Smith got the game-winning home run. I don't know how – I hate the Dodgers. I'm just going to come out and say this, Brad. I hate the Dodgers <laughs> with yeah. a yeah. passion. I'm, I'm yeah. looking down their lineup. How much money are they going to throw at these guys? Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Max Muncy. Right. Now, and now you got your underpaid players like Will Smith. That trade to get Max Scherzer and Trey Turner was made me sick to my stomach. It made me sick mm-hmm. to my stomach. Your underrated players that don't have the big contracts, like Will Smith and Chris Taylor, came up clutch in the postseason. You know they're going to get paid, mm-hmm. but you know the Dodgers' most consistent pitcher last year was Julio Urias. I mean, I know Walker Bueller had a much better ERA, but Julio Urias won 20 games, and they're going to rely on him, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Trevor Bauer is going to be back. So (laughs) the Dodgers are going to be the odds-on favorites to win the World Series next year, as painful as that sounds. They are, yeah. So, yeah, I was was very sad that they won it in 2020. I kind of felt that just like the Lakers title, they won it in a bubble. (laughs) Right. So, in my opinion, it doesn't count. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not how money buys championships, you know, for the most part. But hopefully things can change, you know. Hopefully. You hopefully. Know. And, Brad, yeah. I hope I hope they get a deal done a so we could talk more baseball. I really, really, I really enjoy talking baseball with you. I know you're a big Cardinals fan. I'm a big Giants fan. Yeah. I'm a secondary Braves fan living in Georgia. I cannot wait till baseball season. I can't either. I can't either. I'm so ready for it. 
Let's get and, a deal and, done. Let's get it done, Brad. Get it done. And the Cardinals, I mean, you know, I mean, they got some young studs, you know, you know, coming up. You know, Harrison Bader, you know, he's you know, he had a great year. And like you said, uh Arenado, you know, and yeah, Nolan Arenado. Right, uh, right, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they got some good players for sure. Your thoughts on the all star weekend. Because oh, yeah. Um Every year I watch the dunk contest, <laughs> and this, you know, this year, uh, Brad, that was the worst dunk contest I've ever seen. Is it like the past few years we've seen the same dunks over and over and over? You know, <laughs> and uh, there's just not much creativity as there used to be in the dunk contest, and uh, and I know they they uh, don't count miss attempts. You know, you, you can try and try and try. You know. It just seems like the dunk contest is saying it's signing as it used to be. Like, well, of course, when Jordan and and Wilkins had theirs, I must have been about eight, you know, <laughs> when that happened. But I love seeing the replay of it. And uh, when Vince Carter was in the dunk contest, that was amazing. That might have been the yeah. best yeah. dunk contest. Yeah. Vince Carter's dunk. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's better than Jordan's, but, I mean, yeah. it, Right, exactly. exactly. Right. I mean, you got Dwight Howard, you know, with the Superman cape, you know, flying, and Blake Griffin dunking over the car. They just need to bring back the creativity and just think of stuff that we never seen before, or maybe, hopefully, bring some bigger stars out and try it. You know, I don't Look, know. It's not a not disrespect <laughs> to Obi Toppin. It just it wasn't. It didn't really do anything for me. Right. Same here. Same here. Yeah. It's just, it's just something, you know, you know, like I've always seen, you know, how they throw it off the backboard and dunk it, you know, and like reverse dunk or something. I mean, it's, it just seems like the same dunks that we see every year. I just like to see more creativity with it. You know, use more props, use more ways to make it exciting. Now, the three-point uh, contest was good, I thought. You know, I mean, that was Carl Anthony Sounds won that. Overall, the game I thought was a you know was a great game. I mean, had a lot of energy, uh, just up and down, up and down. You know, a lot of fun plays, I guess you could say. I thought Morant played well. You know, he had some some nice dunks. You know, uh, you know while he was in there. Absolutely, I yeah, I loved watching the the All Star game on the highlights. I mean, of course, I was calling right. the soccer game, but right, right, I got um, you, right. But what are your predictions for the second half? I know that we've talked about, uh, you know, right now the two best teams in the NBA are the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference and the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Your Memphis Grizzlies currently in third place. I'm looking at the playoff probabilities. Okay, so the Memphis Grizzlies have a 100% chance they're going to get in the playoffs. They just have too much of a good record. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see them falling far or, you know, or falling out of the, the top five, at least. They you know? pretty much have them locked in as a third seed, and there's a right. 29% chance that they could even get the two seed. The thing about the third seed, they might get matched up with the Nuggets, and the Nuggets is like one of those teams you got to watch out for. The Nuggets definitely can make a, a, a big run. Because uh, Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to come back, and Jamal Murray is supposed to come back, and everything, and you know they already got Joker, and um, it'd be interesting to see how the Nuggets see what happens with them. I do think right okay, now, cool. I think that Phoenix has a shot. Phoenix is the team to beat in the Western Conference. They were up 2-0 on the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, I want to say Chris Paul 
got injured? Or I don't – I'm trying to figure out how they I think blew you're that, two, I think you're, that yeah. I'm trying to yeah. figure out how did they blow that 2-0 lead against Milwaukee. Because, you know, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm glad that they won the NBA Finals. They came from a 2-0 deficit. Phoenix right. beat them 118-105 in Phoenix. Phoenix beat them 118-108 in Phoenix. Okay, game three. Milwaukee, the series shifts back to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Giannis had 41 points. He was amazing. Then game four was a little bit closer. Devin Booker had 42 points. Chris Middleton had 40. I think that was the turning point. I think if Phoenix would have stole one in Milwaukee, I think that Phoenix could have won this. Game five was close too. Milwaukee beat them in Phoenix 123 to 119. So mm-hmm. I seriously thought that the finals was going to go seven games. That was Milwaukee leading by one with 16 seconds left to go. Drew Holiday, how clutch was Drew Holiday defensively? Drew Holiday had three steals in that game. With the exception of game three, all of Milwaukee's wins against Phoenix were close. I think Phoenix is not in a sophomore slump. Phoenix knows what the goal is at hand. That's to win the NBA final. And I think Phoenix is the team to do it. I totally agree. Yeah, I know they want to get back there, and they definitely got the the firepower to do it. I don't trust any of the teams in the Eastern Conference. That includes the Brooklyn Nets, even with their signing of Gordon Drogic. Right. I, I don't trust Ben Simmons in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry, all he does is shoot. He could end up getting cold. You really don't know what you're going to get with an injured Kevin Durant. I know they got Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, but you know Kyrie Irving is not going to play in all the games in Brooklyn unless they lift the mass mandate or the vaccination policy. You're right. Chicago is unproven. I know that I said that DeMar DeRozan is my MVP, but I don't know how Chicago is going to play in the playoffs. I know that Chris Paul, that injury, but he's going to be back in the playoffs. I think if Phoenix holds on to the number one seed, they're the team to beat. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, um, it could come down to the Warriors and the Suns, you know, in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I'd love to see the Grizzlies <laughs> in the Western Conference Finals, but uh, Phoenix is definitely on a mission, you know, because they fought for sure they had the finals last year. You know, you know, they fought for sure going up 2-0, like you said. They definitely could have closed it out, but they let M- Milwaukee get back in it. You know, Brad, um, you know, so yesterday was 2-2-2-2 day. So I, I got to ask you, because I, I was just getting all excited on my podcast that it was 2-2-2 day, and I was just uh, throwing out twos. You know, deuces, I'm out of here. Anyway, who is the most famous number two of all time? Number two. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm guessing the jersey number two. Yeah. Jeter, did, did he wear two? Yes. Derek yeah. Jeter. I would say Jeter for sure. That's only number two athlete I can think of. You know, but where's number two? I mean, Julio Jones wears number two. Julio Jones. Derrick yeah. Henry wears 22. That's right. That's right. Yeah, probably the most famous number two. I I say probably Jeter. That's all I can think of right now. Now, 22, I would say probably the most famous 22 is Emmett Smith. Okay. Um, That's and good. then, and then uh, Derek Henry, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, 22, I you know, I would say Aaron Smith, you know, when I think of 22, what about you, I, man? I want to say that the most famous number two, you got Kawhi Leonard who wears number two, yeah, um, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball, Lamello Ball. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So here are the, here's a list of all the football players that's ever wore number two. David Akers, Tim yeah. Couch, Tim Couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my! <laughs> but this is not. This is not going to be good. Matt Ryan. I'm going to say the most famous number two is Matt Ryan. Ooh. I'm going to be. I'm going to be loyal to Atlanta. It's Matty Ice. He's the most famous number two. Well, Brad, I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. And as I get my weekly schedule, I hope that you're able to join me every Wednesday as my regular guest. And then, um, you know, every now and then I'll. The funny thing is, I got to pre record a bunch of stuff because I'm. So I'm actually working on that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but thank thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for being being on the podcast. All right. That was Brad Page, former co-host of the Up All Night Show, current director at WBBJ, and just lifelong Titans, Grizzlies, everything Tennessee, and now Cardinals. So now we could talk about St. Louis Cardinals. Anyway, but Brad, I really appreciate you being on the podcast, and I will uh, talk to you next week. We'll have a... We'll yep. have a great show. Absolutely, Richard. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for always allowing me to join you, man, and talk talk all kinds of sports, man. Uh, I really enjoy it, man. Thank you. All right. That was Brad Page. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. And don't forget to listen to the podcast tomorrow. And as always, hope everybody has a great day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.